Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things, episode 206. Suns fan here with Cinderin. You're not going to say it that way, are you? What? In the future. 206. Why? You've never done that. I'm trying to switch it up. What's the problem? Worst case, there's three more episodes. Welcome to episode 206, everybody. That's what what you're going to contribute? You being sassy today? Hmm? Yes. Good. Be sassy with our great list of in Bruges patrons. Thank you to the Shazcast, Suns fan Sauna Scrote. Mr. I love the NBA segment. I will be out two weeks on vacation. Please wait until I'm back to resume our long forgotten, most loved. I, nothing's after that, so we don't know what you're trying to say. Monkey Man asks, How much Freud? Have you two been maintaining into your veins this week with the new report system? Pepperballs, T-Coil, Rupus, Q Ludes is ready to praise the podcast. Stupid Copilot, D2 Bowie, Lab Dota, Yatoro does it again, Cinderin, Magdev. Hats off to Val for the recent updates. Next up, marketing question mark, games for falling asleep. We'll see you in Seattle. Well, we'll see. The Megapope and Zan Xavier. And Disco Farm D that you skipped. And Nate Thicko, oh, Zero One Hamscroach, Shark TM, Antiquely Seasoned Goat Balls, Janie Dop, Nothing to See Here, Underscore Man, Guitar Strings, Yves Raymond, Ben Broomhead is Ben Broomhead is Ben Broomhead, Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous, and during the Senior Olympics in 2015, a hundred years old American Donald Pellman sprinted a hundred meters in 26.99, Mr. Niebling. Is that fast? That's really slow. I'm way faster than that. <laughs> I don't even know how far 100 meters is. I'm, I'm also not 100 years old, though, so it's probably pretty <laughs> impressive. <laughs> 100 meters. Can you... What it's, is that uh, feet? What's 100 meters? It's like 300... 320, 330 feet. So how fast would you run that distance? Oh, I don't know. Don't put me on the spot like that. We can record you. I think the world record. Uh, Yeah, let's base it off the world record. No, just so you have an idea of how fast this guy is. So the men's world record in 100 meters is 9.58. And that was the record that Usain Bolt set in 2009. Okay. So 9.58. And that means this 100-year-old man sprinted it in about three times as long. I Just based off the sound of that, I feel like I would not run better than that or faster than that i don't know i i think both of us could sprint 100 meters in under 27 seconds i I would hope so you have seen me have we yeah you've Uh, seen me pant from playing ping pong yeah then again this is short probably this is like a quick burst you just need to reach the finish line then you can faint that's true it's just you just need to cross it i think you could do that and then pass out okay fair enough 
Okay, you have a recommendation, Cinderin. What is this? Yeah, so uh, you've been recommending a shitload of movies over the episodes and theories and stuff, and I was like, I I could also recommend something. Hmm. So I have looked into. I just I was looking through my Steam library, and I was like. I actually think this is a combination of just looking through my Steam library and then Susie watches a lot of Let's Plays. She really enjoys watching people play a game for the first time. And she watches people play the same game for the first time a lot of times. So she loves watching people play, for example, the Dark Souls games for the first time or uh, a game called... Which is one of the ones I'm going to be talking about today. Anyway, I'm not going to say what it's called now yet. So what I'm going to do is, for the next couple of weeks, as long as there's time for it in the episode, I will be recommending two games each week that are on Steam for PC that I would say are excellent value. So it's games I've played myself um, that I had a really good time with and that I think are well worth the money. And out of all of the games I've noted down so far, uh, the most expensive one is €29, Euros, which is about 30 bucks, maybe 30, 30 to 35 um is this a sponsor from expensive. valve is that who's sponsoring this episode <laughs> i wish all right let's get started um so obviously since these are really great value games a lot of them will be very famous already so i'm not trying to give you guys hidden gems or something uh but if you are looking for something to play you're like oh i could actually play on a, a new game i don't really know what to play then maybe these recommendations are for you um there's a high chance you've heard the names of the games before but i will just Recommend them. So the first up we've got is, many people consider this one of the best games of all time, actually. It's called Undertale. You've heard of this, Shannon, haven't you? I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's 10 euros on Steam. Um, and I think a playthrough for people will take somewhere around 10 hours, probably. So call it a euro an hour. Uh, it's a very, very unique game. Um, What's the way I? What's the best way to describe it? It's like it's a two D. First of all, it's a two D game, um, and it's a story driven single player RPG. What really sets it apart from other games is that the story is very unique. It's got really great humor. It's pretty bizarre. Uh, sometimes it's even honestly grotesque in certain situations. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really good time. Um, I recognize that the gameplay might not be for everyone, but the ratings this game has are absolutely incredible. So it has my biggest recommendation you should try this game for 10 euros, roughly, it was. Uh, so that's game number one. Game number two, out of all the games I wrote down, is probably the least known. Uh, and this one really blew me away. It's called Tunic. And this one is also the most expensive one. This one's 29 euros, but I cannot recommend this game enough. It's a... If you've played any of the Zelda games, it's kind of like a Zelda-like adventure action-adventure game, but it has a ton of depth that you uncover over time. Um, it's very rewarding to discover things. Uh, when I introduce these games, I'm not going to be spoiling like key concepts or what's going on in the games. Just rest assured that you start out in this game knowing absolutely nothing, and a huge part of the game is figuring out what the hell is going on. So it's like this big mystery that unfolds in front of you. Um, you play as a, a, as a little fox, and you start out with basically nothing, and then over time you discover and develop your powers and uh, discover that the game has some really crazy things going on that you couldn't even have imagined from the beginning um but that are in the game right from the start so it's about uh figuring out 
the world itself. And this game is absolutely awesome. Um, yeah, I think not many... There will be a lot of people that haven't heard about this. So it's called Tunic. Um, those are my recommendations for today, Shannon. Thank you. You've never played Zelda, right? No, you make fun of me all the time about that. Appreciate it. This game is amazing. Is it, is it technically an RPG? Yes, That's it's why a single-player RPG. That's why I never played Zelda. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really... I don't think the game itself would classify itself as an RPG. It's an action-adventure game. You're not okay. really role-playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever played yeah. Dungeons & Dragons before? Um, With a group? No, I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3 right now with three friends. That's which Dungeons is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But I haven't like played, you know, the classic sit down around a table, someone is a game master, mm. you develop the world, etc. I haven't done that. I think that could be fun though. I yeah, we should that. I would say we should do it, but I actually played and I don't like it. Oh. <laughs> I'm just a curmudgeon, I guess. Anything that's RPG usually will not like, unfortunately. Okay. Tunic is not an RPG, and you will like it. Okay. Uh, actually, you. maybe you won't, because you don't like good games, but... That's why I play Dota. Yes. Wait. That's right. <laughs> Dota's bitch. good again. That's Wait. right, bitch. Okay, uh, let's get started with the episode, and I think we weren't 100% done with the TI Qual's last episode, but it was close, right? Yeah. Uh, SEA, we kind of talked about because it was in the middle of the finals that ended up going SMG's favor. They win at 3-0, so they will go to TI. And what was the other region? Uh, was the it Western Europe? One... I think we haven't talked about it, right? The other one was Western Europe's last slot, right? Yeah, so Entity, we, we did talk about that last week. They, they, are, yeah. they get the first slot, and then the second slot, so lower bracket, secret, lose to quest 2-1. to one. And then Quest plays Luna Galaxy, and they win 2-0. So Quest will be going to TI, which means Puppy will miss his first TI as a player. Now there is nobody in the world that has been to every TI as a player. And that, I mean, it's an end of an era. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, I remember you on a podcast with, uh, with Puppy back in the day. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. Talk Dota or something like that? Like you guys have had some history. You played against them for in DreamHack. You beat Navi in DreamHack. That seems like a lifetime ago. He has not it missed is. a TI until now. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's there's two ways of looking at it, right? One is it's a shame that the last player didn't make it. Um which obviously I mean Puppies, we don't really need to explain his accomplishments, right? It's ridiculous how consistent and how high up he's been in Dota for over a decade now. Um, but I think, in a way, it's a sign of health for the game that this time it didn't happen, because it goes to show that the, 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 you know, the playing field is getting tougher and tougher, and there's more and more new players that are coming up and being strong, such as the Quest team, such as Entity, these players are, for the most part, many of them going to TI for the first time. Um, and they beat out some, some giants, right, to get there. So that's the positive outlook. The negative outlook, obviously, is that we lose the last all-timer, as I think they like to call them at TI. Um, but you could also think about it as, holy shit, it's incredible, he did it 11 times in a row, right? That's the, 
That's yep. the glass half full way of thinking is at some point you don't make it any, anymore. I say anymore as if he can't make it again, which he obviously can. And I don't think he's going to quit. I think he'll, he'll be back for, for a run next year as well. I, it's hard to imagine puppies stopping. That's, there's many players in Dota where you're like, yeah, maybe they'll, you know, maybe this is their last year or whatever. You just don't really get that vibe with this guy that he's about to be done, you know? I feel like he always... Yeah. He, he might just play forever, you know? He's going he's gonna to be 100 years old, and then he's going to run in 27 seconds. He's going <laughs> to qualify for TI. Yeah, that's um, right. Do you... Uh, yeah. So I wanted to segue from this into a very fluff topic that's uh, related mm-hmm. to this. Greatest of all time. This is something that people bring up in every sport, whether it's mm-hmm. digital or reality, <laughs> traditional, I don't know what you actually call it. <laughs> But I don't think it's a fair thing to... There's no such thing as a unanimous mm-hmm. goat, right? Right. Because it, there's no definition for what that is. There's no actual criteria because each person is going to create what they think is their mm-hmm. criteria. Like for basketball, I think Michael Jordan is still the greatest of all time. There's plenty of people in the current era that think it's LeBron. And mm-hmm. you can make arguments one way or another. Like, I think going back, comparing like older players to newer players, like in terms of just pure mechanical skill, older players will be worse. That's just, I think, a fact. Oh, yeah. But absolutely. to me, that doesn't necessarily mean that much in the grand scheme of things. For my criteria, I mean, I don't want to get too in depth, I guess, but I would actually pick puppy to probably be the greatest of all time in dota as of right i now. would as well if i had to pick one player yeah it would, it's close though because like there's obviously so many really good players like no tail played at a really high level one majors on like three or four different positions like that is ridiculous mm-hmm. but he hasn't had the longevity one two ti's <laughs> he hasn't had the longevity of a puppy who has been since day one playing dota 2 has not missed a ti until now and he's gotten every position at TI. Like, you can argue one way or another. I think captain, specifically, that's also a very hard role to fill in general. Uh, but mm. I think for right now, my opinion is that he's the greatest Dota player of all time. It also, it de- like you said, it depends on the criteria, right? Do we also count Dota 1? Because, like, well, a lot I of the players that... Who would say Dota 2, then? Yeah. If we say Dota 2 only, I would probably still pick him, but it's closer, because part of... Part of this guy's history is that he was also one of the giants in Dota 1 when we had a scene that was pretty much fully China dominant. Uh, Puppy was one of the players playing with Eastern European team uh, in, in Na'Vi primarily that could hold a candle to, uh, to the Chinese teams on LAN, which most Western teams would just falter. It was mainly China and sometimes SEA that were very strong, but even back then Puppy's teams were strong. Um, and then, like you said, longevity, because, yeah, depending on the criteria, if you're, like, the best player at any given moment individually, I would not pick him. I think my greatest player of all time in Dota 2 for an era is probably Miracle. I think he had a year where he was just so much better than everyone else he was playing against that we have not seen that ever again in Dota 2, I think. People close the gap now. Miracle is not the best player in the world anymore. Uh, but at that time, you could have asked any pro. Miracle just... He was making plays that were 
just very intelligent and creative and super fast. And he just had really good sense of judgment of what a, he, his hero could and couldn't do that other players wouldn't even identify the play existing to begin with. And that's what's magical, right? Is when players just do stuff that you couldn't even envision until it happens. Um, that's, that's kind of stuff is super inspiring to see. Um, but yeah, Puppy has always been a very high-placing player with multiple teams for over a decade, and he's always been a name you would see in top threes of tournaments, right? Everyone else has had their time in the sun, but he's... The reason this is such a big story is that he doesn't have one this time. Mm. That kind of goes to show how good you are then, when it's a, it's the talk of the town that you didn't make one event. Um, so, pretty crazy. Yeah, and I think the greatest of all time... Uh, discussion is always fun, but I think uh, it's also it, it's never going to get resolved, and that's what makes it fun in a in a certain way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. nobody's going to agree. Yeah, and not everyone's going to agree on the same thing. But for me, that's that's definitely the pick. Would you? Can we make like three categories? So we think puppy based on like as <laughs> a. This is what we, I didn't we, want it because <laughs> this can go down a really deep rabbit hole. You know. No, so let's try to keep it short then, okay? So we had we both had Puppy, if you do it like as a total thing, right? Mm. Let's say greatest player at any moment in time. So the one that was the most better than the rest of the competition in Dota 2. Would you agree that's Miracle? Or do you think someone yeah, else? No, Maybe I, some male? I agree it's Some miracle. people will probably pick him. No, it's, it's, I think that one's a little bit more clear, actually. Okay. Uh, and and then, then I guess I the third the category. It would be my third category. Right. Would that be yours? No, my third category would be the most efficient player, so to speak. So efficient. the one who won the most in the shortest amount of time. Okay. And you could either think of number of tournaments or you could think of prize money. It, with prize money, it's obvious, right? <laughs> so Thompson, but that I don't with think... With prize I'd... money, it would be Thompson or... Yeah, I guess just Thompson, right? Because Ana did play a couple of other tournaments yeah, here and there. I, I'd rather go with most versatile player, which I would mm-hmm. stand really hard by no-tail because of... He's played so many different positions and been really fucking good at all of them. Yeah, who else would there even be for that bid? I mean, so Kuro has played that... carry mid and support, mm-hmm. but most of his carry and mid was in Dota 1, I think. Now, he also played some in Dota 2. Uh, S4 has played mid and offlane only, mm-hmm. but he's also been very successful, obviously. Then you have Zai, but that's only really 3 and 4, but he's also incredibly good, obviously. Uh, there's no real, there hasn't really been much role swapping by Chinese players that comes to mind similar to No-Tail, right? There's been a, a little bit of switching, but not to the same I extent. I will admit, I think in that's Dota 2, if I'm not, okay, I could be wrong about this. I think offlane is the only position he never played. He played position yeah. one, and he won a bunch of majors. Yeah. Uh, he's played four and five, one TI slash majors. And then the mid role, I don't think he played in Dota 2, but I know for a fact he played that in Han, and he was fucking god tier. So maybe I'm a little biased on the Han aspect. Maybe he played in Dota 2 for a bit, but I'm, I'm not trying sure. to think of the Fnatic team when they came over. Yeah, what, I don't remember. They had Trixie playing offlane, right? They had Trixie, they had Era, Era. So that's Carrie. Yeah. And Fly and. Yeah. Fly, No Tail, and Hani, right? Hani. I think Hani was playing Hani. mid. Hani switched to support eventually. I don't know what he played in, initially. Yeah, though. I think he played mid in Fnatic. I'm pretty convinced. So I think No Tail must have played support from the start in Dota 2. 
Because that was their first, that was his entry into Dota 2 was with that Fnatic team, right? So, And if, I don't think he played case, mid then, later. So that means he started in Dota 2 as a 4, then moved to the 1, then moved to yeah. the 5, right? Yeah, I think so. So he's played three roles. But yeah, again, like when you say most versatile, then... I, I mean, it's with the asterisk that you don't just play multiple roles. You you have good results as well, right? Because yeah. otherwise anyone can just, you know, play the roles and not win anything. And then... That's right. That's me. That's me. I can put myself on that list. But you, you were a <laughs> mid and a five. I've, Did you play I offline? Think I've played, I think I've played every role oh, in, a, in a team, actually. Hmm. I think I've played every role. But not with success. I the only real success I had was... The only real success I had was mid and support, right? The other roles just didn't. You have to be a completely selfish piece of shit to be a position one that's good. You could never pull that off, Sundern. <laughs> it's my All highest right. compliment I could possibly give you. That's, that was no tail. He was a selfish <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> actually, no. He was actually he, he a sacrificial one. He played Harry very one. differently. Yes, he was a I was sacrificial one. Say, that was actually he so a different. different style like Harry. Yeah. Anyway. Well, supporting. Okay. All right. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I want to go down the rabbit hole. So I, let's I don't. It, Thank you. All right. So this last week, another update from Valve. I'm going to read their blog post since it's short. Today, we permanently banned 90,000 Smurf accounts. Let's give this a round of applause real quick. That have been active over the last few months. Smurf accounts are alternate accounts used by players to avoid playing at the correct MMR, to abandon games, to cheat, to grief, or otherwise be toxic without consequence. Additionally, we have traced every single one of these Smurf accounts back to its main account. Going forward, a main account found associated with a Smurf account could result in a wide range of punishments, from temporary adjustments to behavior scores to permanent account bans. As we said earlier this this year in our blog about cheating, and as we said earlier this week on our summer client update, and as we will continue to say, Dota is a game best enjoyed when played on an even field. The quality of the people in a given match are what makes a match good. We're invested in making sure your matches are as good as possible, and smurfing makes matches worse. As always, if you suspect somebody of smurfing in your games, use the in-game reporting options to flag them. This will help us continue to track offenders and gather data used to inform our anti-smurf efforts moving forward. So... Obviously, very good news for 99% yes. of people. Very good. Well, mm. not 99% of people, right? Because this was probably more than 1% of people smurfing when you got that number. <laughs> True. Or there would be 10 million players. Right, let, let me just... Uh, it's guess, good news for 99% of human beings. Is that better? Oh, oh, that's very harsh. Yes, I'm going there. Uh, mm. So there's been a little bit of uh, drama with that, I suppose. 
Number one, I think uh, some net cafes had some issues because the way that they, I mean, yeah. it depends on how they work. Sometimes you can have people log into their account on their computer or there's a shared account with a net cafe. Supposedly, there is a way to circumvent this so Valve knows, but I guess these LAN uh, cafes did not go through that process or something. I didn't really They probably weren't them. aware it's a thing. So essentially, the system is if you have a LAN cafe, you need to fill in a form and send it to Valve. They have a, a specific LAN cafe submission form uh, system where... You sent that in, and then Valve are aware that okay, these this this or these IPs are running a LAN cafe, so therefore we need to be more lenient, or you know, we need to just look at those IPs differently when we're looking into account sharing and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I th I believe that the LAN cafes that already had it set up have not had any or at least many issues, if if at all. But yeah. Obviously, whenever you do something like this, this is a valid concern that a lot of people had is I had some concerns with automation in general. I'm not saying this is automated. I think this is largely largely manual when you go through stuff like this because they need to have a lot of confidence to um, they need to have a lot of confidence to permaban accounts or del not delete them, but to I, I believe the people that were smurfing actually got VAC bans on their accounts. So oh, pretty. Yeah. Good. Pretty much the highest rank of bans that Valve hand out. That's good. Um, there have, according, I mean, again, you don't know how much you can trust these testimonials or whatever. There's been a couple of threads on Reddit of people who are like, I share, like, I share a computer with my husband or I share a computer with my friend that I live with or whatever, and we have had this or that issue. They're, they're, it's very unlikely that you don't get any false positives and stuff like this. Mm. Uh, but I hope and I believe that in situations like that, if you actually do contact Valve and explain the situation in detail and they can look through and confirm your stuff over time, then you would hopefully be, be unbanned, right? But it's, it's unlikely that there's not going to be some slipping through the crack. And when, when I say it like that, I don't mean Smurfs avoiding it. I mean, genuinely, people playing by the rules that get punished. That's the worst part. So mm -hmm. always got to be careful. But for the most part, this is obviously a mega good thing. Uh, I think both of us are super happy with this. I also love the picture they chose for the announcement, which is Dawnbreaker smacking the crap out of Meepo. Yeah, it's good. Uh, which is a great choice. Um, those fucking Smurfs. They play Meepo, they play Arc Warden. Could have been any of those heroes. So I guess with that in mind, there's a couple of things. So first of all, obviously... It seems like, based on the wording, that Valve are going to try to crack down pretty hard on players that get in-game reported, because they're obviously aware that, oh, if people get their Smurfs banned, they could make a new one. Uh, and it makes me wonder how fast they can detect this and get them knocked out on their new account before they do more harm to games, uh, how big of a sample size they need before that is the case. Like, can, can a Smurf get banned after just, like, two or three ranked games? Can they get banned even before ranked games? While they're getting their 100 games to play ranked, is there a way to detect them on the way so you disincentivize people from even bothering with trying to run up a new Smurf? Um, that's one thing. The second thing is, I believe this was, uh, or rather, I know this was posted on the gaming subreddit, which is obviously one of the bigger subreddits of Reddit as, as a whole, uh, much more so than Dota, because it's about all video games. And I think at a time, this was the most upvoted post there of all, and people were sharing their frustration and disappointment that other games weren't taking measures like this. 
uh, to try to combat it. Because obviously smurfing is a huge problem in lots of different video games, not just in Dota. In Dota, it's just extremely apparent because of, you know, how huge the difference is in skill between a, a fantastic player and a good player and a great player. The, the gaps are just massive. Uh, but other games have similar problems like shooters. Uh, other games like Dota, such as League of Legends, have massive smurfing issues. And it doesn't seem like there's being the same steps taken there. So I feel like we should give credit where it's due that Valve are actively trying to combat this problem, whereas other developers might just turn a blind eye or just not flat out just not know what to do about it right that's true um, <clears throat> i don't so. want to i don't want to rain on this parade but i mean if this was two weeks ago we've been having a different discussion it's been 11 years right mm-hmm. so i'm glad that something's finally been done and now they they've gotten a couple wins in a row this is yeah. giving me good vibes cinderin good vibes yep. same glad Very to see good it vibes here. hopefully it continues I'm- I think it's also a bit disingenuous to say that they it's been 11 years because Valve have done stuff against Smurf Smurfs multiple times. This is not the first time a Smurf gets banned, right? Well, but, you're, you're comparing it to other games that have Smurfs that have also done stuff occasionally. So I don't think it's fair. Oh, you to, mean that the game's lifespan is long? I see. Okay. I thought you I thought you meant it's been 11 years. Finally, Valve bans or well, punishes it, Smurfs. It's a little it's bit of both. It's a little bit I of see. both. Okay. Right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, um, all in all, obviously a huge, great news, and I guess we can maybe segue this into just in general our experience. Have you played a lot of Dota the last two weeks? I've been playing a lot. Uh, an okay amount. I've been playing more okay. Counter Strike. <laughs> I'm being honest. That's that's fair enough. <laughs> um, but now that we've talked about this, and last week we obviously had the was that last week the behavior score we talked about. I think so. I think so yeah. Um. What's your experience been? Game, is okay. it noticeable for you? Yes. I, it, so here's the thing. Like, for the stuff like this, it could possibly be, be placebo. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people are echoing this on Reddit, so you're seeing a lot of the positivity and you're just taking it. But if I can try to honestly answer, yeah, the games have been not toxic at all. That's not... Okay, that part's not placebo, 100%. Mm-hmm. Not toxic at all because people are too afraid <laughs> to be toxic, which is great. Uh, I have not come across a Smurf, which in my games prior to that change, uh, every probably one every four games we'd have a Smurf, roughly, especially when you're mm-hmm. five stacking or something. Like it was pretty damn common, and they're very easy to tell in 99% of the cases. So that hasn't happened at all. And yeah, other than you know teammates being bad and stuff, which is just part of the game, uh, games have been very peaceful. Like I've been solo queuing a lot of the time, and there's no stress, you know. Like when I play mm. Counter Strike, we'll get into that. I literally mute my team before the game starts because it's just too stressful for me. Because they are actually right. like even more toxic than Dota players ever were, which is crazy to think about. But yeah, this is the games have been really high quality. How about Sounds you? lovely. Yeah, yeah, my games have been a lot better on average and i'm always going to look at average right because there's going to be some outliers i think out of i've played a lot of dota games in the last since this patch came out with the behavior score i think the amount of total people that just flat out completely give up the game or break their items or grief or are obnoxious is massively lower almost all of my games are played to the end by both teams and people are trying to win um they're not completely clean. I, I don't know. The, the image that you're painting is that nobody says anything negative in your games. That definitely still does happen. Obviously, people are competitive and 
I also don't think we should expect, or I also don't think it should be the end goal for people to have no personality or, you know, no outbursts at all in a game that is inherently extremely stressful. Uh, but, you know, getting rid of the totally obnoxious, just flat out either trolling, griefing, or people being super toxic is, is what we want, right? If somebody has a ra random outburst of frustration or anger at a misplay you made or whatever, I can live with that. It's like people are humans and they're going to make mistakes and they're also going to get emotional. Uh, I don't want everybody to just be a, a, a robot that you're playing with that shows no emotion. That's me, you know? I don't want everyone else to be like that. That's just me. You wouldn't wish uh, your condition on anyone. Uh. I get to have my niche. No, I, I can... I mean, I <clears throat> as much as we joke that I'm robotic or whatever, when I play Dota and the games are heated, of course I'm passionate too. I'm not gonna... I'm not like yelling or screaming at people that they suck or whatever, but if you watch my stream, I'll have moments <laughs> of frustration. And I'll be like, you know... Have you ever screamed at somebody in-game? Ever? Uh, I don't think so, but I've definitely... <laughs> If I have lashed out at someone, it's been because they have been insufferable. Mm. Like, either by being extremely toxic or by, like, pinging your spells or... You know, everybody has a breaking point. So, there are there have been people over the... I've played a lot of this game. And there are some people in this game that are just absolutely... Subhuman? You just don't have, you just don't have words for how they behave, you know? And uh, Subhuman, yeah. I anyway. think, is a good word. What's wrong with that? Uh, I feel like that's pretty... I think, I, think, I think they're still human, Shannon. Well, you can't uh, prove that. That's technically yeah, true. <laughs> that, that is true. I, have, I, I don't have evidence they, that they're actually they humans. They could be a like soundboard that has been <laughs> taught to play Dota and be really racist. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you would wish that's what it was, right? That's better true. than the reality that it's actually people behaving that way. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. So my games have been a lot better. And there's been some discussion about this whole new behavior score, and I think that's important to note that there was this big discussion, especially Quinn was kind of spearheading this. He's been like the talk of Reddit the last couple of days because on his streams, he was like conducting essentially experiments on his behavior score. He was like, this system is broken. If I do nothing, I'm still going to get nuked. And what was happening was once people got below a certain threshold in behavior score, Everybody just started reporting everyone for no reason uh, as a way of like seeking vengeance on, on Valve or whatever. I don't know what it was. Uh, so Quinn was a part of that. He was reporting everyone. And then he was like, okay, my behavior score is dropping mega hard despite not doing anything wrong. I am now going to stream myself, play 15 games, which is where you get a new conduct summary. I'll play 15 games and do absolutely nothing. I will just, as in, I'll just play the game. I'll mute everyone. I'll just play all 15 games to the end. And then he still lost behavior score. Well, he, he uh, already mutes people just, before the game, though, right? Right. So um, I guess he doesn't. But he talks to them, but he never hears yes. them back. So I guess so he stopped here's, doing that. So here's the thing about Quinn. I really like Quinn. And he, I think you would agree with this. He's a fun character in real life. He's fun to hang he's out great. with. He's, 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 he's a nice person. He has made enemies for a good reason in pubs. <laughs> I'll just say it this way. He's a good friend of mine, but holy shit has he had bad behavior in pubs. So I cannot say I'm surprised that people were coming for his ass when they finally got the chance. That is not surprising at all. Uh, but what has happened is, I believe this was actually as, early, as recently as yesterday, uh, Valve put out... I, I don't think they made a public announcement of this. There's just a little... There's a little notification in the top right of your Dota games right now if you open it. I'm just booting it up right now so I can read it out. But 
essentially the TLDR of it is there was a flaw in their reporting system that made people get more negative behavior score than they were supposed to for just egregious reports, which essentially means people could just spam report Mm. and people would lose behavior score regardless of whether those reports had any root in reality. Mm. And obviously the way they were implementing the system and the way it's meant to work is that when people get reported, they they do some checks to see if those reports uh, correspond to any action that has actually happened in the game. So if people report for uh, toxicity, and th- there's, let's say there's two or three people reporting for that, I'm sure it'll, you know, it's going to run a check to see what's toxic behavior actually happening in the game, and if yes, it's a match, or someone is reported for griefing, all right, well, did they destroy their items? Then clearly it's just a, a flat-out obvious positive. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I can't find this text myself when I open my client, but I've seen screenshots from others that had it. Um, Somebody in chat is saying that you only get the notification uh, if you were affected. If you were affected, yeah. Right, I see. Okay, I was not affected. So let me see if I can find this text. Uh, Here it is. Okay. We've addressed an issue where some reports were adversely affecting player behavior score, even if the report had no corroborating evidence. We fixed the underlying issue and have retroactively updated your behavior and communication scores to reflect the change. And from what I've seen from people writing in the comments, uh, some people have gone from, let's say, 7,000 behavior scores to 10.5K, right? So it's just like, this has been this flood of egregious reports that have nothing to do with reality. And Mm. this is what I thought was going to happen over time, right? Which I also think would be a good implementation of the system is your reports should be worth less and less the more wrong they are, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of how Overwatch works as well, is that if you were to implement an Overwatch system where people got rewards for doing their Overwatch cases every day, you would need to do it so that people don't just open the case, select a random option, check it off, and get out of there so they can get their free shards. So you should... It should... How many cases you're given and what rewards you're given should be corresponding to how you rate the case compared to what the reality is and i think the reason valve are hesitant to put this kind of system into overwatch is that they might be concerned that more people will just select random option uh just to get a fast reward than actual real option right Mm -hmm. Um, at which point it's hard to train the the ai because the input it will get will be extremely false um all right that was a, a bit of a tangent but this um this is good, Shannon. This is I, good, I and think... I'm glad. I, I was prepared today to talk about the two different worlds, which, one which was mine and one which was Quinn's, of which both can be correct at the same time. Because mm. he yeah. might experience mass reporting that is undeserved at the same time that I am experiencing Im- increase in my behavior score and overall good game quality. Because uh, if, if there's a cutoff where things just go to hell and I'm not under it, I can't sit here and just pretend it doesn't exist, right? Mm. You kind of just have to acknowledge that it's part of the game for other people and not just be like, oh, that's their problem, you know? So I'm glad it's supposedly fixed now, and now hopefully over the next month or two, we actually get to see the real results of this system as it you know, yeah, gets I think more data. Between and runs this correctly. and the last update, which was the reporting stuff, reporting changes, yeah. two of the best updates we've ever had <clears throat> in Dota. Yeah. I would agree with that. Like these are to me, stuff like this is way more important than patches that change hero dynamics or whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, and the only question is how long. Like 
you brought it up at the beginning, how long will it take these quote-unquote Smurfs that had their accounts banned or whatever to get new accounts and bring them back up to speed? We just yeah. redo this process, or will the system that they've built be able to take care of it automatically? So, of course, we won't know that for months, I would assume. But, yeah, so far this has been a dream. Absolute fucking yep. dream. All right, moving on to news concerning Tundra, which wasn't isn't the biggest shock. I think we talked a bit about this last week. They announced, we are sad to announce Sox will be taking an extended break due to health reasons and will not be on our active roster. We, sh- we wish him all the healing and success possible. Thank you, Martin, for playing a pivotal role in our TI victory. You'll forever be a part of our legacy and <clears throat> the tribe. So first and foremost, want to wish our best to Soxa. Obviously, he was on yep. DC back in the day. Really nice guy. Very soft-spoken. Uh, very easy teammate to be around. And one of the best position fours ever. He's. It's very sad. Like We don't know the details, of course. We're not going to speculate at all. But he did come out and say that it was uh, anxiety-related. So to the point where if you're leaving multiple events and you're not going to be going to TI because of it, it sounds pretty fucking serious. So we wish him the best, first and foremost. And then with the team, we kind of talked about it last week where there's some rumors with Thompson potentially playing mid and nine playing Sox's role as four. Well, we've got some screenshots, Cinderin, where Thompson was in the same lobby as the other Tundra members. So it sounds like this is a foregone conclusion, but again, has not been 100% confirmed yet. Right. I believe somebody, I, it might have been on, it was on an Eastern European stream as well, I think, that Duracho said it by mistake or whatever. I, I don't remember exactly how it went down. And then they and then they were like, hey, I'm streaming, you just said it. And he was like, oh, oh shit, well, everybody knew anyway, I think was what was mm. said. So for me, it's more or less confirmed without being confirmed. I'm not really surprised, but, you know, until there's a full-on announcement, there is still the possibility that Tundra are, you know, playing with Topson, but it isn't a finalized decision. Uh, it's not unheard of that teams will go through trying multiple players, maybe to see if it's the right fit. But the thing that for me makes me really confident that they have the player they want is that nine is playing four, right? I feel like you don't m- take your star mid player and switch his role unless you more or less know what player you're getting, right? Mm-hmm. I just I just don't think that makes sense. Um yeah, so and, f- from I mean, my perspective, it's, it's to reiterate what I said last week. I think Topson's an amazing player, mm-hmm. but this is very risky to not just get a four. Yeah, very risky. I mean, you just won TI with nine as your mid, and now he's going to be playing support. That is a yeah. Huge well, Topson transition. did it twice, so he's done it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he's going to fit on their <laughs> dynamic, right? Like you never know. No. I mean, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about style, right? Because mm. both Nine and Topson are very creative mid players. They play very un, uh, you know, uncontrover- or unconventional, not uncontroversial, uncontroversial, unconventional mid heroes. Yeah. Um. So that part of them is similar, but I feel like the way in which they do it has some differences. Topson is very crazy aggressive, and his playstyle in general throughout the game is very high risk. Uh, where, you know, Tundra have this reputation of getting into a mid-late game lull and just farming the map a lot. Yeah, that's um, true. How does that and fit That's not exactly Topson's style, I would say. That doesn't mean he can't be a part of it and, and adjust if, if it's the way to play the game, it's the way to play the game. But uh, it's generally not how OG, for the most part, played when he was winning tournaments with them. So 
Um, maybe that tempo will be a little bit of thing to adjust to. And obviously also, like, how good is Nine at position four? Is, is he going to be able to put up the same level of performances that he did on the position two? Is he going to do as well as Soxa did? Which I think is really difficult <laughs> for any player to do. Um, and what about hero pools? Soxa had a wide repertoire of position fours that he was playing at an S-tier level. That takes a lot of time to learn, even if you're a mid-masterful player. Uh, position 4 is a different beast, and I guess the good news for 9 is that a lot of the heroes Soxa was playing 4, I guess 9 was playing mid, <laughs> so at least mechanically he's familiar with the heroes, but that's good. it is, that's it good. is quite the transition like, to make. But what, Earthshaker honestly, or something? Is, what is he playing? This is one of the most exciting things about TI for me, is seeing this team play. This is a huge uh, wildcard fact. in general, yeah. you know? Uh, actually, let me have a quick look. I have one more announcement, which came out just a day ago, I think, or two, uh, which is Dream League Season 21. Oh, yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Uh, and yeah, that does have Tundra, so that's really exciting. Um, so I guess we'll get to see their new roster in play for the first time between September 16 and 25th, or 16 and 24th, I think. Hang on, let me see the exact dates. Never mind, 18th and 24th. This is a very condensed Dream League season. Uh, I will be going as a co-host slash analyst for this one. Uh, so this time I am going and you're not going. So that's that's right. unfortunate. Um, How are you? Are, what do you have planned for the co-host role? I'm going to look. I'm looking forward to this, although I might be sleeping during every match. I, so. I mean, you've you've been a part of Dream League and you've watched Dream League. So, you know. Yeah, but you. You know what that role entails. I know what the right? role is, but what will you do? Perform the role. I mean, I'm not going to be Jenkins. Yeah, I want to know if you're going to be a Jenkins type. You're going to be a robot type. Like, you got to pick I'm your personality. Myself, I'm going to be extremely clever, very funny, good looking. <laughs> and then I'm going to introduce yeah. the host. There you okay. go. That's, That's what I'm going to do. I'm looking yeah, forward to Yeah, I mean, I just you. plan to be my best self. You know, it's going to be absolutely outstanding. That's great to hear. But anyway, that's happening in about a week and a half. That's starting. And yeah, Tundra is among the participating teams. So we will get to see them in action with hype, presumably the full roster. Hype. Alongside Gaming Gladiators, Team Liquid, Quest, Entity OG, Team Spirit, Nine Pandas, Bet Boom, Talon, and Shopify Rebellion and Evil Geniuses. So quite the roster of 12 teams. Uh, and yeah, it plays out over just the course of a week. It's a very fast tournament. But the prize pool is still the same. They're playing for a million dollars total prize pool. It's only so. a week. Yeah. Seven days or over a week? Uh, let me see. September 18th to 24th. That is just seven days, right? 
18th yeah. to 24th? It's wow. it's Monday through Sunday. It's one week. Damn. That is quick. It's two groups of six with best of ones. And then I think after that, there's eight teams left. And then they play a, a double limb bracket. Oh, okay. Cool. Looking forward Wait, to seeing so, you, okay, Cinderella. I'm confused. Here it says the rounds are best of two. Okay, I I heard his best of some of it, some of it is best of one. We'll see. We'll see what the format yeah, is. Yeah, we'll surprise ourselves. Perfect. Can't wait yeah. to see you playing Jenkins as co-host. Oh yes, that's going to be good. All <laughs> right, moving on to some non-Dota related stuff. Uh, Ludwig had a an esports event called the World's Ludwig's World's Greatest Esport Event. Where he had a bunch of gamers. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Beyond the Summit did the production for this in their At studio. least some of them. I saw Blaze on camera, who's been doing a lot of admining for Beyond the Summit over mm. the years after being... He had a, a casting stint in Dota. He was casting Dota for, I want to say, a decent amount of time. Uh, but then he moved on to another role for BTS. And I saw him on camera, at least. So okay. that makes me think it was them. So anyway, they had this tournament where they brought in a bunch of pro gamers and they played a bunch of different games to decide who is the greatest gamer in the world <clears throat> some of the games included the likes of fall guys x deviant Fort, x defiant x defiant yep uh <laughs> where, where, where's the list of the game fortnite csgo trackmania street fighter i'm sure there's more i uh they people also played are rocket be, league i think yeah rocket league they're gonna be upset i didn't watch any of this so i'm just relaying information and very little information at that it's a cool idea though i didn't had no idea yeah, what was going on until it's essentially it was, it was a gaming over. decathlon right yeah you just you bring around in people from different titles and you have them compete against each other and i think we mentioned last episode right that universe and jerex were going to be there mm -hmm. uh universe unfortunately did not do particularly well but jerex did he did so Again, I don't know these people, Cinderin, so pretend that uh, we do. Void <laughs> got first place. I've heard of E-Rob from somewhere. Second place. And Jerax. The reason we're bringing this up because Jerax gets third place. And we knew that, like, before this, that he was very good at multiple games. He yeah. was playing Counter-Strike at some point with a fucking trackman. We talked about it on episode 200 or something. But he's very good at Counter-Strike. Uh, they did not play any MOBA. So the fact that he wasn't in his quote-unquote main comfort zone and got third mm -hmm. place is pretty fucking impressive. And just a testament to... I mean, some people are just fucking amazing at every game, and he's one of them. I also think it's, I think it's a really good call from the organizers to not put a MOBA in the range of games because from, from my understanding, the players got six weeks of prep. So they were told six weeks ahead of time, these are the games you will be competing in, and then they mm -hmm. get to distribute their practice time however they want. Um, MOBA games take too long to learn, so yeah. that I don't I don't think it would have been good content. I think Jerex would have wiped the floor with all the non League of Legends players that they had there, and then it's a matter of are you playing LOL or Dota? You know, if you're playing Dota, Jerex will crush everyone. If you're playing LOL, the LOL pros will crush everyone. Um, and you could make the same case for the shooters, obviously, where some players have a lot of shooting experience. But I mean, also the formats and the game modes they chose made made it possible for players that aren't actual shooting pros to still get good scores and mm. get good points there in those categories. So, And yeah, I mean, like you said, Jerex won CSGO, right? And there were players in this tournament that are professional in another shooter, like, for example, Call of Duty or something like that, mm. right? So um, it wasn't that just that black and white 
But I think in Dota, it would have been literally impossible for the other players to even stand a chance at catching up in six weeks. It's just not. There's just no way, right? Yeah. Um, I remember reading that he, or not reading, but there's like a post-game video where he, I don't know what the, how close he was to getting first, but apparently he got destroyed at Tetris, and that's where he thinks that he free fell oh. to third. So imagine if he'd done well at that. Uh, Didn't put in his higher. practice time in Tetris, huh? I guess not. <laughs> so that was uh, Ludwig's tournament, which, again, that sounds cool. I'd, I'd like to see. I, I didn't know about it when it was happening, but I definitely would have watched it if I knew. So that's cool. It's a, it's a very good format. I think this format lends itself also to like a, a way wider audience, right? Oh, so yeah. you will have people definitely. watching who like any of the games, and people who just like video games in general will be interested in watching this. So. Well, it, it reminds me of the CGS uh was that actually what did that stand for cyber gamers wow i don't remember cgs was a tournament sponsored by direct tv it was like the first huge tournament of all time is in championship like, gaming series championship gaming series uh it was in 2003 i believe and it's one of the tournaments that kind of uh set esports back a few years because it was such a disaster but as a like Looking back, some of the stuff is very cool that they did because they would, it would be franchise leagues. Everybody gets drafted, so you're actually taking Counter Strike players and putting them in a pool of players, and you have a franchise that will draft. Mm -hmm. But it's like seven different games. It was like uh, FIFA, some fighting game. What was that? Dead or Alive or something like that. A bunch of these games together, and Counter Strike Source was the main one. And you'd compete versus another team each week, and certain amount of points is allocated towards. A specific game and counter-strike had the most points so that was like the most important mm -hmm. but then the fifa guy would like 1v1 and you get a bunch of points because he just destroyed his opponent or whatever that's a pretty cool idea from like a team perspective and this kind of condenses it into a free-for-all battle right. royale if you will a bunch of different games so it's definitely a cool idea and i think uh based on what people the feedback that they got it sounded like it went pretty well so and i cool stuff i I guess one extra thing that's kind of cool about this is that, you know, you have someone like Universe who has basically not been a part of the public gaming domain for years, just randomly show up to this. Yeah. It's like, I was very surprised to see him on the list of participants because I'm like, Universe just full on, he was one of the only Dota players of all time to actually retire when they said they did. <laughs> yeah. and. True. He's just he's just vanished from the scene, you know. Like he has his other he has his life. He's doing other things. Full on respect for that. He wants to do other things, but we got to we got to see him in action for a little bit here, which was was pretty surprising. I wonder what the I mean. Obviously, this is never going to be disclosed, right? I wonder what the uh, selection process was for this. Like, if it was BTS who had like you know a. What's the word for this? Just had like a, a subset Autonomy. of people that they just just had like some sort of you know list of people that they would go through, or like how much geography had to do with it. Obviously, Jerex is from Finland, right? So it wasn't only players from NA that they just flew in for this. They were willing to take international players as well. Um, and why Universe agreed to this as well, right? If he isn't a part of Dota at all in any capacity, then kind of funny that he chose to be a part of this all-round game show and where you would presume it it would take quite a lot of practice right mm -hmm. i mean he didn't place particularly well so maybe he wasn't putting in a lot of effort that's entirely possible that he was just seeing this as like a fun fun thing to be a part of uh but 
it's obviously, yeah, just just surprising um, to see him there. But it's cool that that universe is still you know kicking. Yeah, he's alive. Thanks. He, he, he is that's, he is alive that's yeah. the tldr all right last topic <laughs> of discussion is counter-strike 2 big update i'll just quickly read their blog post today we're Shit updating people got access right yes today we're updating the cs2 limited test with new map inferno and all and an all new cs rate okay actually i'm just going to tldr this so they've come out with every map now there were a bunch of maps that they were testing then they do it one at a time so that I, I would assume that they get bug reports and make sure everything's working. And now they've amalgamated it all together other than Dust 2, which is missing because it's not in the competitive map pool for some reason. But that was the first test. So we know that it's working at least. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you have like eight maps or whatever it is and a new competitive mode. So they're going to have two competitive modes or like normal team based. I don't know exactly how this works, but the new one is called Premiere, which I've been testing. And basically what it is, it's like a, you, you, you queue up with whoever you want and it finds a game with the closest match that you can find and you get to pick ban or you get to ban maps. So you go back and forth and there's like a little graph that shows you what the other team is, what they play a lot of and what you play a lot of as a team. So you can kind of have some, uh, information there to go off of and then you narrow it down, you go back and forth. It's a pick band process and you eventually end up with a map and then one team chooses the side that they want to start on. So I thought that was really neat. Mm -hmm. And when you play it's enough like games... It's like captain's mode, I guess. Yeah, when you play enough... And it's captain's mode, but with it's more casual, although it is yeah. the competitive mode, but it feels more casual because captain's mode just sounds like you need to be a professional player, right? Nobody's playing captain's mode in pubs. Or I, this I, one. I, guess it's, I guess it's more akin to immortal matchmaking in general, yeah. right? Yeah, that's true. That's probably so. That's how you get the map selection, and then you get a rating after you get ten wins, which is anywhere between one thousand rating and if you're a pro, twenty one thousand rating. And you can Very see arbitrary amount. Okay. Yeah, it's I don't. Well, that's just based on what I've seen. That's the range. Right. But, uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Counter Strike. I fucking suck, Cinderin. It's been beyond frustrating. To be really bad at a game that I used to be good at, but I will, I will get better. I promise you, Cinder. This is I'm promising. I believe to you. you. I, I'm going, I'm going through the same process in Dota right now. Let me tell you. Oh so. yeah, I don't know. I've been watching your stream, and you're looking pretty good. I saw a Clockwork game. You were owning it up. Your favorite hero. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like when I talk about Dota, I'm like, I used to be good at this game, and now I'm talking about people that are just way better than me, right? But you still, you know, you, you want to be better than you are always. So True. I, in the grand scheme of things, I'm still very good at the game, but I'm not, compared to population, I'm not even close to how good I used to be. So that's probably kind of the same for you, right? You feel like you're bad at Counter-Strike because everybody else got a lot better, but you're still better than 99% of players. No. It's just... No, no, no. Don't I, you think so? I understand what you're saying, and I promise you, as of right now, I'm actually quite bad at the game. But... In a couple weeks, I will be decent again, but obviously not okay. like anywhere close. How much to... are you feeling the differences between CS Go and CS Two? Well, when that's you play the thing. Now? I didn't really play much CS Go. That's the thing. Like I can compare okay. it to Source more accurately, but like the game, the spray has felt horrible on the AK. I've been having a lot of trouble with the AK, and then it, there was a bug apparently that the tracers weren't showing once they hit a target, mm -hmm. so you'd kind of lose 
track of where your bullets were going so that was really frustrating so they fixed that finally um like the tick rate it feels okay like the movement's kind of sketch you get stuck on people sometimes like kind of glitchy but i think overall it's felt pretty good i just feel really slow like i feel like a literal fucking sloth like i'll want to do something and my hand literally can't do it so i think it's it's a lot of it is muscle memory that I just need to regain. Hopefully it's right. not atrophied and it's over for me, you know? <laughs> okay. Hopefully I can Relax. get at least a little bit of that back, but it's been pretty frustrating because of how bad I am. But having said that, the MR12, aka uh, 12 rounds per half, has been much better. I think that's going to be like good that. not just for uh, pubbing, but for competitive play as well because you'll actually be able to have best of five grand finals, which is really cool. Uh, and it sounds like it's pretty close to getting released because most of the maps, if not all, have been tested now. And this new matchmaking mode that they have coming out there that we've been testing now for a couple days seems pretty legit. They're going to have the old one where you have uh, badges, but it's going to be badges based on the map, actually, which I think is really cool. Oh, because interesting. I'd be really good at like Dust 2, but then complete mm -hmm. dog shit at other maps. Like I literally haven't played Vertigo yet because I know I hated it back in mm. the day but having said that real quickly there's a couple new maps that i've been playing that i'd never played before that i think are really good and it's ancient and anubis i think they're both right. really well-made maps actually been having a lot of fun with those nice not too happy with overpass though anyway that's counter-strike 2 gonna not be quite playing, shannon uh... okay go ahead cinderin take us away i just Yes, I, no, I just wanted to hear the whole MR12 thing because obviously you're way more into Counter-Strike than I am in terms of like high-level understanding and whatnot of the concepts because I've <laughs> seen... More, but sure. Nah, I mean, you, you'll still have a pretty good idea of it, I'm sure. So I saw that there was some discussion. I don't know if it was internally among the pro scene or people discussing on behalf of them, but something along the lines of they weren't sure MR12 was going to be good for this game mm. because if they don't significantly change the economy, the pistol rounds are going to be way too impactful. And um, because with no changes to the economy, it's going to be very difficult with this how relatively short the matches are. Individual certain rounds will be way too impactful. Like let's say you win the pistol round and then you win the opponent's first buy round as well. Mm -hmm. you might just be like halfway through the match at that point right do you think that's a concern that's valid or is that just people like worrying too much about something that's not so actually going to be something a that was brought up before i think we talked about it last week or the week before when they talked about mr12 which i wasn't aware of is that cs 1.6 actually used mr12 for quite a while and the reason mm -hmm. i didn't know that is because i had already switched from 1.6 to source um so I'd never actually played an MR12 until Valorant. In Valorant, mm. I think it's great because the games are quick. I think just overall it's better for players uh, to be able to get through games quicker and for competitive matches to actually be able to fit in more games if you want to. Right. But from like a balance side, it's definitely a valid concern, I would say, because they didn't touch the economy when they made these changes. Where Valorant, obviously things work a little bit differently there. In terms mm -hmm. of like having to buy like utility, like for example, let's say you want a flash. First of all, your hero that you're playing has to have a flash, and second of all, if you die, you will regain that flash if you didn't use it. So you don't lose your oh. utility essentially, right? Or in Counter Strike, you do. So I do think that that's a potential thing that they would have to tweak some stuff. But I think overall, you figure that out later. It's not like there's going right. to be a major for like 
fucking nine months or something. I think it's well worth figuring out what the right economy changes would be. But yeah, I, I would say it's probably accurate that pistol rounds are going to be a little bit too impactful, but I think it's probably a little bit overrated as well. Like people are making too okay. big a deal about it. But I think it's technically true and they'll probably do something. Hope they don't so go back to game... MR15. This game is coming out within two weeks, right? Because Valve said it was coming out late this summer. <laughs> yeah. And depending on which calendar you use, the summer ends... The latest calendar that the summer ends is September 23rd. Right? Yeah. That's right. So sure. they have 16 days. I mean... Otherwise, I uh, otherwise, they will be shipping it late and Valve doesn't do that. Correct. So. Having said that, I, I don't see why they can't release it tomorrow. Like, this no. is good enough. Like, I mean, surely. they 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 like to have things running well before they say they're out, right? Yeah. So, so. one thing I'll close on, I guess, for Counter Strike is overall, I've been happy with the game. I think it's really good, uh, and a lot of the stuff that I'm annoyed with, which it's either my skill just being shit, which will improve hopefully, or it's bugs that. I know that they'll fix, but then there's some quality of life stuff that they still haven't added that I don't think they're going to add, which makes me really fucking sad. And I think the number one thing is gifting guns to other players. The way that Valorant does it is so mm. fucking fluid. It is so just so to clarify, good. you mean giving weapons inside the game, not giving skins. Correct. Right. So let's you say that you're yeah, dropping a weapon. Essentially. Let's say that somebody needs an M4. Well, let's just right. talk about Valorant because it's the same thing. M4 is the Phantom or whatever the fuck. He needs it. He right-clicks the gun. He basically says to everybody, I need this gun. It says it in the menu. And all somebody has to do is push the button next to his name on the menu, on the buy menu, and it just buys it for him and it drops right on him. Like, that is yeah. a dream. Right now, you're like figuring out where do you throw it. Oh, I don't want this guy to pick it up because he doesn't know that I'm dropping you a gun and you're on, you just happen to spawn on the other side. It's a fucking mess, man. Like, it's really good. I agree 100%. It's really it sounds like something that's so easy to do too, right? They went like halfway not... with the buy menu because they cut they copied right. what Valorant did, which is great. It's like the one thing Valorant did really well. Just finish the job, you know? That's the big thing that really bothers me still though about it. Maybe they're keeping it in the game so that people can grief with it so that they can ban those people that grief with it. What do you think? No, I don't think that. I think if anything <laughs> And I haven't really thought too much about this. Maybe Ugh. it's skin related. Like if you're gifting something, are you giving your skin to them? Are they getting your skin? I mean, the way that Valorant does it is you still get, it's as if the other player is still buying his own weapon. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what happens when you buy the gun for them and you throw it, right? Then they get your skin that round. So yeah, but this reverse in Valorant. I just don't. I just okay, but I, I just don't see the problem. Like just keep it the way it is that yeah, if you I, use somebody else's gun, it's their version and just let them throw it. If anything, it you could argue it makes cosmetics even more valuable because now not only do you have the gun yourself, but you know, the people that you give it to are gonna get it and they're gonna think, Wow, this skin is cool, I want this skin. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So and I do think if you implement this system where people can request guns, I think people will be weapon sharing more than they do when the system isn't there. I think that's the thing that's worth keeping in mind is ease of access encourages people to do something. So sometimes people will have $10,000 in a round and they might not throw a weapon because either they, first of all, don't know somebody needs it because you need to like type or speak it out. And then yeah. there's the whole time limitation of buying stuff, whatever. Just make it fast and easy for people to do it. 
I agree 100. percent So I mean, that's they remade the whole buy pretty system. surprising to me. You can sell your weapons it. now, which people didn't like the idea of, and now that it's implemented, oh, I love it. Just one of yeah. those things. I think the other thing, again, last thing, because I keep talking about fucking Counter Strike, but the games have been so toxic. I just auto mute mm -hmm. now, which the auto mute future doesn't even work, so I have to do it manually. Oh. But if they implemented Dota's system, they just put in, and like that would be a dream because. I have right. never experienced such toxicity. Now, again, I don't play like these Call of Duty type games anymore. So I've heard that that's very toxic as well. But it's like really bad. Like not just like they're being mean, but mm -hmm. like racist, misogynistic, whatever. Just drop in your adjective. That's what they're being. It's unreal that people are actually like that. And games like this just tend to, I feel, draw out more bad behavior mm -hmm. because it's very macho guns whatever but it's that's been the big negative i think do you think do you think maybe your toxicity experience aligns a little bit with the fact that you're higher skill in this game than dota compared to the average player so that people are more competitive in your games like let's say your yeah. mmr in dota was 2000 higher do you think your dota experience last patch before all of this behavior score and improvement and all this Senator, let me do you let think me, it would have been similar? Let or me paint you, it, is you the way people are toxic just completely different than in Dota? It's it's different. I think it's just more okay. hardcore in general. But I think you, you're That's missing it. the picture here. You still okay. seem to think that I'm pretty good. That's not the case. Let me give you an idea here. Okay. Okay. Let's say a pro player is twenty-one thousand rating. Mm -hmm. Okay. I am five thousand rating right now. Maybe six thousand. I can't remember. Okay. I am probably equivalent to whatever the third rank in Dota is. Whatever the fuck, like, is it Herald? There Crusader? Is, I will just. There is no way, Shannon. I am it's terrible. Just, yeah, right but you're better than that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I agree. Right I now. will be better than that. But right now, yes. <laughs> maybe Valorant ruined me, and I'm just shit. It just fucking uh, ruined me. Because I was good at Valorant. That's the thing that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really bad right now, Cinder. Okay. But we'll fix that. Don't worry. Okay. I've been playing a lot on yeah. stream, so it's been really rage-inducing. Okay. Okay. That is Counter-Strike. <laughs> All right. As you can tell, I'm very passionate about FBS. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell. Uh, streaming it actually helps me not rage because I That's know good. I can't rage the way I want to on stream because I look so ridiculous, but I still oh, rage. you're a bad actor, are you? No, no, no. I don't. Just to be clear, before we close this episode, I don't... You rage not, off, off team Mike, I know. Correct. Just like, I rage is maybe a... I don't know Nikki if you rage. will get literally scared in the other room because I'm raging okay. so hard. But okay, you do rage. Nobody else in the game will hear me. I'm not holding down my mic. I'm not typing to them. I am just furious. Of course, I won't do that on stream. I won't be that person. But it, it is... I will say that being good at something before and then not being capable of even remotely close to that now is mm -hmm. so frustrating. I can't begin to explain, but I just need a little bit Do more you, time. Okay. I mean, it, you're right, continuing you, this conversation. I am. This is interesting. <laughs> Do Do you think, because this is something I've talked to other people about that people just need a release, right? Like if you're like, really, if you have like pent up frustration or whatever, just Getting it out of your system can help you, you know, refocus and stop tilting or whatever. Yeah. So if you're saying that streaming helps you because you can't, you know, 
act or whatever the way you would off stream where you would just yell in your room or whatever yeah do you think that might actually be detrimental to your performance then that you cannot let out that frustration the way you so you're like you're like pending it up and it's just building up over the course of your maybe stream. maybe long term <laughs> no okay. short term not so much i played off stream as well also fucking suck so no difference right uh, okay. anyway all right, thanks for watching, everybody. Now I'm in a bad mood because I'm so bad at CS. God I'm man. the worst. <laughs> I will continue to play oh. it on stream, and one day I will be okay again. That's I my am, goal. I will say with 100% confidence that if you're actually trying to improve, you will not be trying. in the bracket. There's just no way, man. I'm trying you, to You should definitely be toward the like top whatever, 10%, maybe. 10%, hopefully. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would hope so. But we'll see. There's a lot of players now. Okay. That's it for this episode. Thank you all for watching, as always. Uh, you're going to be at Dream League next week? This time? Uh, not next episode. Next episode, oh. we're here. Okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll see you then, Cinderin. Peace out. Yeah. Bye-bye, everyone. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening.